In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Lord, we approach you in this time of prayer to seek your will. The goal of our life is to, much like Jesus, to do the will of the one who sent him. We want to do the will of God. It sums up the goal of life, to worship God, to do his will. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God. And we see how he lives that out. Lord, thank you for your, your fidelity to the ways of the Father in that, that most sublime manner there in the garden. Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Speaking to the Father. And so we, Lord Jesus, we want to follow you in that, in that way, our own life, because our own success depends on, really, our adherence to the will of God, our attention to the will of God. Sometimes, for sure, we have to discover it as life goes along, don't we? Interesting phrase by a bishop in the Midwest that can help us in this meditation here in Manhattan tonight. He said, Praying to know and do God's will always looks different than simply asking the Lord to bless my prearranged plans. Pray about this, think about this, let it sink in. Praying to know and do God's will. That's what, what we really have to do. It always looks different than simply asking the Lord to bless my prearranged plans. If we think about that a bit, if we're honest with ourselves, we might see that, well, yes, I have my ideas, I have my prearranged plans, and I, I want to I want to be a Christian, I want to do God's will, I want to follow the example of Jesus, but but am I really open to what God's will is? And this can be in the big picture of life. What is God's plan for me? What is God's will for me in my life? And also, of course, just the little daily things that come along. There too, I, I am called to do God's will, but I might have my prearranged plan and just the way the, the day goes or the, the next hour goes. So, Lord, help us. Help us to be honest. Like you, Jesus, in the garden, he asked, Jesus Ask the Father to allow that cup to pass over him, that suffering. But not my will, but your will be done, he said. And so we too will, being very human, we'll want the cup to pass us by, the cup of suffering, or the cup of humiliations, 
the cup of sanctified work, perhaps. We just don't feel like it. Or the time to pray. Well, let's really pray. and Strive to know and to do God's will. And not just convince ourselves that my prearranged plan is what God is asking of me and he gives me the, st- the, the stamp of approval and I convince myself of that. Well, we have so many wonderful examples. Of course, Jesus himself is the perfect example. The example of our Blessed Mother Mary. At the Annunciation, she said, let it be done to me according to thy will. It's interesting, Blessed Alvaro once commented in a and they get together that Mary would have known that would have, that her yes would include suffering. You know, maybe we think of the Annunciation at face value and think, well, yeah, okay, wow, this is a, this is a, being part of history, an important part of human history, salvation history, and being the mother of God. Well, he pointed out she would have known that the mother of God would have to suffer. And those texts from the Old Testament. But the suffering servant, the text of Isaiah, the, the, the Messiah is going to suffer like a lead lamb to the slaughter. So Mary, a Jewish girl, would, would have known that. And she says, yes, she knows that she will suffer by saying yes to that invitation of the angel. And the example of St. Joseph. Here we are in this year of St. Joseph. Pope Francis has given us a wonderful letter to pray with, Patris Corde, the heart of a father. And he draws out various aspects of the life of St. Joseph, one of which is entitled uh, An Obedient Father. Now here's the O word. We've talked about the will of God, and it's a nice little phrase, right? And we want to do that, the will of God, but we have to be obedient, which is really the same thing. To do the will of God, we have to be obedient to God. And that phrase, or that that word, might seem like a bit of a a defect in our culture at times. To be obedient might seem, oh, well, someone who is sort of simple-minded and can't think for themselves will be obedient like a robot or sorts. It's a bit of an anti-virtue in our culture at times. Well, uh, as Christians, as imitators of Christ, followers of Christ, of course, it's, we want to be obedient to God. Jesus is obedient, obedient unto death and death on a cross. If we're going to follow Christ, if we're going to imitate Mary, St. Joseph, yeah, obedience has got to be there. And again, the Pope mentions this in his letter. An obedient Joseph, St. Joseph, an obedient father. As he had done with Mary, God revealed his saving plan to Joseph. He did so by using dreams, which in the Bible, and among all ancient peoples were considered a way for him to make his will known. God would show his will in, in these dreams. Of course, we know what happened to Joseph on various occasions. Joseph was deeply troubled by Mary's mysterious pregnancy. 
He did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he decided to dismiss her quietly, because that's Joseph's prearranged plan at the moment. We'll put her away quietly. But then the Lord speaks to him in this dream. An angel helps him resolve his grave dilemma. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph's response was immediate. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. His prearranged plan is unnecessary. It's just not the right way. I, I suppose God could have appeared to him in the dream and said, okay, yeah, yeah, that's it, Joseph. Do it that way, what you're thinking. But in this case, no, it's to take Mary, accept Mary. Obedience made it possible for him to surmount his difficulties and spare Mary. In the second dream, the angel tells Joseph, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph did not hesitate to obey, regardless of the hardship involved. He got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. So we see this prompt obedience of St. Joseph. He's not tied to any prearranged plan that he may have, he may have thought up. In Egypt, Joseph awaited with patient trust the angel's notice that he could safely return home. In the third dream, the angel told him that those who sought to kill the child were dead and ordered him to rise, take the child and his mother, and return to the land of Israel. Once again, Joseph promptly obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Of course, Matthew's gospel. This promptness on the part of St. Joseph, his faith, this operative faith, which involves obedience. It's not his own ideas, but he's, he's, uh, he's attentive, he's docile to what God wants to say to him. And with that obedience, wonderful things happen. We see salvation history uh, b being uh, played out here. God uses people, real people, in his plan for salvation. Our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, and just go down the list of saints, or the early Christians, and you and me. God wants us to be part of this great desire that God has, that all men be saved. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We're part of that. Our obedience is part of that. Our attentiveness to the will of God is part of that. So Lord, help us to... Put away any prearranged plans that we have. Again, even on a daily basis, throughout the day, Lord, what is your will? What is your will for me right now? It's a, it's a legitimate question to ask ourselves, you know, practically. And here we are, this, in this oratory here in, in Manhattan, and I think it's fair to say that it's God's will that we be here. In a certain sense, we've said yes to that that inkling, that, that, that uh, 
the suggestion that God has given us, and here we are. And, and so many things throughout the day. Maybe we're home from a long day of work, and we have in our mind, it's in our plan to take a little time to pray. Okay? But we just, the body resists, we don't feel like it, and we start to, to sort of conjure up a prearranged plan. Well, actually, no, that today, God, don't you think it'd be better for me to just have a drink and, and watch some YouTube to, to relax? Isn't that what you want, God? Would that be good for me? Well, let's pray. Maybe it is. We leave that to God. Sometimes God might say, yeah, just have a, have a nice you know, soda or beer, and then and that could be it. But oftentimes it'll be, well, if it's time to pray, it's time to pray to self. You can do it. I'm with you. So throughout the day, throughout our lives, really, seeking that effort to always do God's will, that's the sure path of, and not just, yes, holiness and joy, they go together. Holiness and joy go together, of course. But It's maybe a bit of a paradox to the culture today, but precisely to obey is the path to joy. Indeed, to do what maybe my my own prearranged plan would, would not lead me to do, but I'll find joy there. We have to be convinced that God is with us in that obedience. And that's what he's asking us to do. In, in the 42nd chapter of Jeremiah, we see this uh, very clear example here. Then all the commanders of the forces, and Johanan, the son of Kariah, and Asariah, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the least to the greatest came near and said to Jeremiah the prophet, let our supplication come before you and pray to the Lord your God for us, for all this remnant, that the Lord your God may show us the way we should go and the thing that we should do. It's a very good prayer. Jeremiah, he's the prophet. He's recognized as the prophet. Jeremiah, talked to, to God. We want to know what to do. Okay, that's, that's a very good prayer. Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your request. And whatever the Lord answers you, I will tell you. I will keep nothing back from you. And here is the, the attitude of Jeremiah. He doesn't have all the answers. He's, I'll pray. Okay, I'll pray. He, he's going to open his heart to God, ask God for light. What should we do? What should these people do? Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act according to all the word with which the Lord your God sends you to us. Whether it is good or evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Very good. That's the, that's, that's the way we should think. Open to what God has to say, right? At the end of 10 days, sometimes the will of God comes to us very quickly. Other times we just keep praying. Sometimes a lot more than 10 days. 
At the end of ten days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he summoned the people, all the commanders, the forces who were with him, and the people from the least to the greatest, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your supplication before him. If you will, if you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up. For I repent of the evil which I did to you. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, says the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. I will grant you mercy, that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. Because that's the plan that God has given to him. That's, that's, that's the will of God. Stay here. But if you say, we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God and saying, no, we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or be hungry for bread and we will dwell there. Then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you set your faces to enter Egypt, basically that's avoiding trouble, you know, avoiding sacrifice, Avoiding these these things that uh, that that come with with life. Okay, if you do that, then the sword which you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine of which you are afraid shall follow hard after you to Egypt, and there you shall die. Dire consequences for not following the will of God. And this, this is so true, isn't it? That precisely by striving to avoid trouble or, or difficulties or sacrifice, that's when, we, that's when we're sad. We end up sad that way. Now, maybe a fleeting momentary pleasure, a superficial pleasure, but if we don't do the will of God, look at the prodigal son. He asked his father for his inheritance I'll be my I'll be my own man. I'll go off and do what I want to do with my inheritance. And the father grants him that that inheritance. And he goes off and spends it on loose living. And immediately he's 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 sad. He's, the, he's no one there to care for him. He, he longs to eat the husks that the pigs leave behind. That's how low he he fell in doing his own will. Precisely by seeking to avoid that loyalty, hard work, purity, service. That's how we end up sad, really. Well, I'll let you uh, go on to uh, finish the story. I see how these people responded to Jeremiah's uh, prophecy about staying yeah, where they were, if they did that or not. That's Jeremiah chapter 42 and following. Well, how about someone who, closer to our own time, did do the will of God? And in this case, then Cardinal Ratzinger, it's just a very striking commentary he makes. This is from the book Salt of the Earth. He's having an interview with a German journalist, Peter Seewald. 
And uh, the journalist asked him about his work, which at this time is working for the Congregation of Doctrine and Faith in Rome. St. Uh, John Paul, the Pope John Paul II had called him there in 1981 to head up that congregation, which involves a lot of uh, well, basically difficult situations, we could say, a lot of decisions to be made, things going on in the church around the world. They have to make uh, statements about decisions. And Anyway, he's asked about that, that work personally. How has that affected him personally? And Cardinal Ratzinger, this is 1996, who's been at it for 15 years at this point, he said, to serve the truth is a great thing. And this vocation's highest. But that is naturally paid out in small coin. That happens in very diverse, very simple and small things, somewhere in the background. The will to truth remains fundamental. But de facto, I have to attend to correspondence, discussions, and so forth. That's his work at this time, again, at this time in his life, back then. For me, the cost was that I couldn't do full-time what I had envisioned for myself, namely, really contributing my thinking and speaking to the great intellectual conversation of our time by developing an opus of my own. That's he's saying, that's what I'd like to do. That's what I, that's what I would want to do. He's very honest about it. He has his interests, his, his passions. Yeah, of course, Cardinal Ratzinger, he loves these discussions and philosophy and theology. Instead, I had to descend to the little and various things pertaining to factual conflicts and events. <laughs> That's the way he describes his work there at the Congregation for Doctrine and Faith. I had to leave aside a great part of what would interest me and simply serve, and to accept that as my task. And I had to free myself from the idea that I absolutely have to write or read this or that. Instead of that, I had to acknowledge that my task is here. Very frank about his situation. In fact, I think he, had, he requested Pope John, of John Paul II to be relieved of, of that, you know, the, that role. And, but JP II said, no, stay here, keep working where you're at. And then he's asked, do you accept your life? Are you a happy man? A very interesting answer here that Cardinal Ratzinger gave, which I think can help us because we also have our own work that we're called to do, whether we like it or not. I say it that way. Are you a happy man? Yes, I accept it. Because to live against oneself and one's life would make no sense. And I think that I have been able to do something meaningful after all, in another way that I had foreseen and expected. And I'm really thankful for the life God has disposed and shaped. The will of God, obedience to the will of God. That's what he's doing. That's what he was doing in his work there in the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. And he's happy. He's happy with it. That is his happiness. To do God's will. In fact, what was it, 2005, when John Paul II passed away? At that point, okay, now he was thinking, go back to Germany and get, get, get the 
things that I'd like to do. Well, I think we all know he ended up in a white cassock in 2005. Not the first thing he probably would have opted for, but he accepted it. He tried to be a humble servant in the vineyard of the Lord. Well, again, I think this, this uh, attitude of, of Colonel Rodsinger and so many others, uh, just a father, a mother of a family, that in many ways is their life too. To, to uh, descend <laughs> to the little and various things pertaining to factual conflicts and events. Yeah, look at family life for a little while, and there's a lot of factual conflicts that go on in family life, aren't there? And, and events. And the father, the mother, there they are. That, that, that's their life. That's, that, that's the will of God for them, to, to be there. And to live all the virtues in that context, like St. Joseph, obedience, of mercy. Pope Francis, in his letter, gives a wonderful way of describing the life of St. Joseph, the way of St. Joseph. He's an accepting father. He's a tender father. And so each one of us, whether we're fathers or not, most of us here are not, but wherever God has placed us in our work, in our relationships, in our family Yes, we have to uh, imitate Christ who came to do the will of the will of one who sent. And, and, and to find our, our joy precisely in that, our, again, our, our success, our holiness. And St. Ozermia, that's that was his attitude in his life. In fact, Cardinal Ratzinger commenting on the organization of St. Ozermia in 2002, he he gave a talk, uh, Ratzinger did, and he said, Monsignor Scriva intended to found something, but he was always conscious that it was not his work, that he had not invented anything. The Lord God simply used him. Therefore, it was not his work, but Opus Dei. He was only the instrument for God's work. And if you read a bit about the life of St. Josemaria, you certainly see that come through loud and clear, is to do the will of God. He likened himself to a, a poor sinner madly in love with Jesus Christ. He didn't want to found anything. He was just following God's will. He was attentive. He, was, he didn't have a prearranged plan. He listened to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit guided him, and yes, in his case, was to found Opus Dei. And then everything in his life was about the will of God, to fulfill the will of God. Even as a young priest there, um, even before founding Opus Dei, he was ordained a priest before founding Opus Dei. And he talks about, he mentions in looking back, uh, going to a small village, being assigned as a priest to a small village near Saragossa. And basically, we don't need to go into the history of it here, but there were some try in, in the clerical world trying to give him a hard time, this young priest. And he wrote about that, that, that difficulty, those, those contradictions. I was, in a con I was in country parishes twice. What joy whenever I recall it. They sent me there to upset me, but they did me a big favor. Even back then, some people were out to give me a hard time. They did me a colossal amount of good. 
with what happiness I remember that. And, and his biographer comments, with the passing of time, he saw more and more clearly the deeper meaning of those assignments and how God had allowed him to be moved around from one place to another like a little donkey. And then, quoting St. Josemaria, I have tried always to fulfill the will of God. They moved me from one place to another like one moves a donkey, pulling on the halter and often using a stick. And he, he saw that with a great supernatural vision. Okay, this is, this is the way God is, is guiding me along. They did me a colossal amount of good. Well, let's try to see the hand of God in everything that we're asked to do. Let's be attentive to God's will, which often comes through other people, people of you know, legitimate authority, depending on our state in life. But yeah, generally, we have, to, we have to be attentive to others who God is using. And sometimes, again, it wouldn't be the way we would want it to be. St. Teresa of Avila, late in her life, she was sent off to Torre uh, de Alvas instead of being in Avila, dying essentially, but no, no, you got to go there. And she was obedient. She was the founder of that, of the reform, uh, of those reformed uh, Carmelites, but she was obedient. Yeah. The, basically, at the whim of a, a superior. And she saw the hand of God in that. Well, like our Blessed Mother Mary, St. Joseph, like the like those saints are so faithful, and again the common man, father or mother, let's strive to live the will of God always. See that as our true as our food, food, the nutrition that we need to thrive, to live, to to be holy. And if we live that way, we can be sure that God, of course, will be happy of watching over us, and with His mercy, with His grace, will say to us when our time comes. Enter into the kingdom, a good and faithful servant. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.